there, and welcome to the oompal.com podcast. I'm Oli, and for episode number 33, we're going to chat a bit about pipe spotting. The following podcast is brought to you by pipesandcigars.com. If you haven't yet purchased something from their lovely site, go over there right now, pipesandcigars.com. Check it out. They have a massive selection of all kinds of great stuff. New pipes, state pipes, bulk pipe tobacco, tinned pipe tobacco, cigars, lighters, whatever you're looking for, you will find it there. You'll even find some monstrosity pipes over there as well as some O. Sylvester pipes. So go snap them up. Whatever you buy, let me know about it and let me know how great the service was. You'll be glad you did. Now sit back, grab a pipe, and stay a while. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so here we go. We're on the topic of pipe spotting. Plenty of people bird watch. There's even an app for food spotters. But how about pipe spotting? Send me your images or descriptions or give me a call on the new listener line at 678-534-8306 and let me know where and when you spotted a pipe. Was it in a magazine, in an article? Did you see somebody that you don't know walking around smoking a pipe? Tell me where that was. Tell me all about it. I saw a guy just the other day driving very close to my house, don't know who the guy is, smoking a pipe, and I wanted to say, hey, you know, let's talk, but of course we were passing in traffic, so I couldn't. Stuff like that. Give me a call. Let me know what you saw, especially if you see ads, things like this. I want to know all about it. The pipe, my friends, is making a comeback in the midst of the naysayers and the doomsday speculators the quiet, friendly pipe rises without fanfare, without exuberance, without expectation. Why? Not because it is a fad, but because it is an art, a lovely ritual that we have been cultivating and enjoying for a very, very long time. Trends will come and go, and while pipe smoking can be and has been part of trends, it endures before and after those fast and fickle tides. So where have you seen a pipe lately? Um, could be an advertisement in a magazine. Um, have you seen someone that you uh, didn't know smoked a pipe? You saw them smoking a pipe. That would be some cool news. Love to know about that. Uh, if you can send me the images, I'd love to see them and share them with everybody else. But if not, I just want to hear all about it. Did you see a Santa with a pipe somewhere? You know, here it is, uh, November 2011. We're getting close to Christmas time, and you know there's a lot of Santas in periodicals and whatnot, often with a pipe. Same with Frosty. Love it. Um, right on the cover of my Grizzly catalog that I just got, there's Santa with a pipe in his mouth. Grizzly is a company that makes lathes and other woodworking equipment. Right there on the cover, there's Santa smoking his pipe. Fantastic. Uh, back in February of '09, the Wall Street Journal did a piece on pipe smoking, making a comeback on college campuses. Uh, you can still read that online, as a matter of fact. One easy way to get there is just do a search for WSJ pipe article, and you'll be sure to find it pretty close to the top of your search. Or shoot me an email, and I'll send you the link. I emailed the author about the article, a Ms. 
Mary Pilon, I believe is how you pronounce that, P-I-L-O-N, who is now headed for a new gig at the New York Times. Uh, she said the story came about because someone mentioned it as an aside in a conversation, and she decided to report it out. So here it is, just a, uh, a little topic of conversation that somebody kind of mentions offhand, and suddenly it's in the uh, Wall Street Journal. You know, how cool is that? And I have to say, I think it was a pretty, uh, pretty positive ad, you know, um, Skip from the Briary was mentioned, uh, in it, uh, Sykes and Adam over at smokingpipes.com, they were mentioned, um, Vernon Vig, he talked a little bit about pipe smoking in it and clubs. So, you know, it was pretty good. It was very good. Just recently, Forbes had an entire page on Boswell Pipes, a good friend of mine, Mr. John Babcock sent me this page, sent it to me in the old-fashioned mail. Yeah, they still do that. And, you know, it's more of an ad than an article, but, you know, it was, it was really cool to see uh, a pipe in a magazine. You know, you just don't see that too often. I think that any kind of pipe-related positive info like this showing up in mainstream media is a good thing for us all. Tell you what, let's give John a call. Hang tight and let me give him a ring and see what he has to say about it. Hello? John, it's Oli. Oli, how you doing? Doing good, how you doing? Not bad, not bad. Uh, my buddy John here sent me an article in the mail the old-fashioned way, and right. uh, I got it just a couple days ago, and it's it's a picture from Forbes, and it's it's like this really nice full-page ad of uh, Boswell Pipes. Uh, John, first of all, tell me how you found this. Well, uh, I because I have uh, some airline miles that uh, I need to do something with, uh, I got a subscription to, uh, to Forbes magazine. And uh, part of that is they have kind of a supplemental magazine that comes out every few months called Forbes Life, where they just kind of show you kind of higher end things and, you know, I guess uh, what, the, what the 1% would spend their money on and, you know, uh, yachts and stuff like that and uh, high, high dollar uh, watches and so forth. But they also had this article on, on uh, pipes. And you know the uh, the interest surrounding that there is a, you know on pipes and kind of a good-looking pipes and this was in the uh, November uh, issue of uh, Forbes Life. So um, it, it just talked about you know I believe it's a shop now or a website or something that's uh, you know kind of a producing uh, some some nicer looking looking pipes and of course uh, I knew you would appreciate the article and probably did not have a subscription to, to Forbes Life. That is, that so, is uh, true. So I cut it out That's and, yes, did it the old-fashioned way through the, uh, through the post office because, uh, you know, they're hurting. They are. Well, they are. That's true. And I, I appreciate you using the post office, and I'm sure they do too. So, I could have scanned it and emailed it, but you know what? It's nice to get something in the mail once That's in a while. That's right. That's right. It sure is. Um, so right now, guys, guys and gals who are listening, uh, no telling when you're going to listen to this podcast, so maybe it's years from now. This is November 2011, uh, yeah. Forbes Life, page 44, and there's a, an entire page on J.M. Boswell and Sun Pipes. They talk about how for 36 years, 
Boswell has been making these pipes in, in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And uh, at the bottom it tells you you can go to boswellpipes.com and check it out. And, and his pipes range from $70 to $1,500 at time of printing anyway. So right. um, that's really cool. I, I, I mean, it's, it's a great little you know, full-page ad. And uh, I just think it's pretty cool that somebody's, I mean, even though it's an ad, it's obviously a paid for, you know, piece. It's, it's really cool that it's, it's out there in the public's eye and people are thinking about pipes again. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, have you ever, uh, ever uh, used one of their pipes? I do not own a Boswell pipe. I've heard a lot about them. I've heard good stuff about them. Uh, but no, I've never had a Boswell pipe. But you know what? Maybe I'll I'll look into that a little bit further now. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's definitely out there. But yeah, that's what uh, struck me. They they uh, seem to be very well crafted. And and I remember when I was uh, a lot younger, my my uncle um, would, uh, would would smoke pipes. He has since given that up. Um, I think more for his own reasons, uh, but uh, but yeah, I do remember it uh, being around, and uh, I think he had some Dunhills or, or something along those lines. So even though I don't smoke pipes, uh, I have always kind of a, well, you obviously have a, a big interest in uh, in it, but I have always kind of a you know looked them over as well as just kind of a uh, something that reminded me of uh, you know some of the. Uh, Older people in my in my family who have uh, since uh, passed on or, or have uh, given up smoking the pipes. Now, as a non-pipe smoker, which of these was your favorite shape and why? I um, I kind of was drawn to. I think I mentioned it on there the the uh, the poker pipe. Yep. Am I getting that right? Because I I like the um, I like the design of it and the fact I could I could picture someone you know at a card table smoking that. And then just being able to set it down because it has like a flat bottom and it would just kind of rest there and not needing something to prop it up against. You know, it kind of had its own little stand built in. I thought that was rather unique and ingenious of uh, of uh, the designers uh, to have something like that. And I could totally picture someone at a card table puffing away and then setting it down and raking in their chips and then picking it right back up. Exactly. Exactly. I love pokers, too. They're, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, now, speaking of being fans of, of things, I know you're a big fan of U.S. presidential history, and I was wondering uh, if you could name some U.S. presidents that have smoked pipes and how many you might be able to name. Mm, well, the, the one that comes to mind, of course, is uh, President Gerald Ford. Yep. Uh, I think he was the uh, more predominant one that, um, that uh, was seen with, uh, with a pipe. I mean, a lot of uh, official photographs, and I know that uh, he had a, a quite a varied collection of, of pipes. Um, I think you sent me a picture of Gerald Ford smoking a pipe, didn't you? I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I probably have. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think, think back. He was the most public one if, if uh, others, and I imagine there were, you know, plenty going back to uh, – uh, colonial days, uh, you know, uh, pipes were a lot more uh, predominant uh, back back then. Um, but I think uh, in more recent times, Ford was uh, certainly the one that uh, uh, that was pictured more with it and had it in, in hand. I don't know that uh, if some of his counterparts, you know, in in his era, he was actually president from 1974 until 1977. And uh, Jimmy Carter then came in after him. Carter, I don't believe, smoked a pipe. 
uh, Nixon didn't, who uh, was before Ford. Johnson was more of a cigarette smoker. Uh, yeah, in more more recent times, I think it was uh, uh, at least in the 20th century that I can picture. Uh, Ford was uh, probably the biggest uh, biggest president who uh, garnished a pipe. Yeah, I got a short list here that I I did a little bit of research before I called you up. Oh, nice. And, and um, I got a few I got a few here. I I still need to delve into it more because I'm sure there's more than the the small list that I have here. But apparently Reagan smoked a pipe, which I did not know. Uh, FDR. Okay. Martin Van Buren. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody likes Martin Van Buren. I mean, yeah. I can't think of anybody that doesn't like him. But oh, he <laughs> he. Uh, I would say uh, he's got one of the higher uh, um, approval ratings. Well, so. sure, and uh, and and that's still going. Um, you know, I I, I check it out monthly. Um, Andrew Jackson. Okay. And yep. Mrs. Andrew Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah, both of them. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Hoover. Which I, which I didn't know. Okay. Uh, and the last one on the list that I have is uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Ah, well. Okay, I can picture. I can picture old Grant. Yes, with a with a nice pipe clenched in teeth. Now let me ask you. Let me ask you. Since we just talked, we just mentioned Hoover. You know, there's there's this new movie coming out. What, yeah. What, what's you you know so much about the presidents? What's your? I know you haven't seen it yet. What, what's your take on it? You gonna I see? Are yeah. you gonna see it? Uh, I I probably I probably will. And of course, the movie is J. Edgar Hoover, or the title is just J. Edgar, who mm-hmm. was head of the FBI, and then Herbert Hoover was uh, actually the the one term president before FDR. I don't believe that there was any relation between the two, uh, but uh, J. Edgar Hoover being the head of the FBI, Herbert right. Hoover being the president, we just we just brought up. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, that, that, that's quite yeah. No, uh, J. Edgar looks looks very interesting. I am planning on on seeing it. Um, it's 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 a, it's a fascinating subject, and I'm I'm and there's plenty of material there. I, you know, J. Edgar Hoover liked to. Of course, he had his own. Well, at that time. Uh, you know his own uh, secret uh, about his uh, about his personal preferences, yep. and uh, it really wasn't um, spoken of or, or uh, open uh, back at, uh, in those days. Uh, you know, to, to, to that extent. Uh, but um, so to kind of prevent any anything coming up on him, he would gather information on the people in power that could hurt him. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, you know, he could kind of be untouchable, which is why he remained uh, director of the FBI until his death in um, in the 1970s. I think it was 71, actually, when he finally did die. So director of the FBI from, uh, heck, I think the uh, late 20s, early 30s on through the uh, early 70s, uh, through all those presidents who wouldn't utter a word wow. <laughs> against so, him. Yeah, so uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is playing him. Uh, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be any good? Um, I, 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 I'm going in a little, little bit skeptical, uh, only because you know we, we've seen Leo play uh, Howard Hughes uh, and kind of doing a period piece there. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I know he can he can play uh, larger than life people from from history. 
Uh, you know, is he gonna, okay, you know. So I'm, I'm just kind of a reticent right now. It's like, isn't there somebody else maybe we could have gone with? You yeah. know, I, but that, that, that's just me. I'm sure once I see it, you know, he's, he's a very good actor, do a marvelous job with it. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. That's my only kind of hesitation. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I have a lot of uh, presidential recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, from like a Johnson, some from from Kennedy, and and you know some that are accessible for uh, for Nixon. But on some of those, um, you'll hear like uh, Johnson, for example, uh, he recorded conversations that he had with with Herbert Hoover, uh, J. Edgar Hoover, not Herbert Hoover, with uh, J. Edgar Hoover, um, and was just always always saying what a wonderful job you know you were doing with the FBI, and and uh, thank you so much. You're the most co- most competent man in, in government. Instead of just praising this guy, just making sure that you know Hoover wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't come after uh, wouldn't come come after him per se. And there was one funny, if I could share, there's one funny little <clears throat> moment. A lot of people don't know. Uh, during the '64 election, Johnson had what was could have been a, a, a scandal brewing. One of his one of his aides was caught in a, a YMCA men's room with a, a retired army sergeant. Um, and they were doing things to right. on each other and to each other. Uh, so, you know, that could have been quite a uh, scandal for uh, President Johnson because this guy was one of his uh, closest aides and had been with him for, for a long, long time. So uh, in these recordings where uh, Johnson did while he was talking to J. Edgar Hoover, he actually, uh, he actually asked Hoover, says to him, you know, you're going to have to teach me something about spotting these gay fellows. Which was a bit uh, ironical uh, yeah, yeah. for that, and and Hoover um, Hoover kind of chuckled. Uh, I think he caught the irony, um, obviously, yeah. and said, "Well, you know, it's just it's, it's kind of thing. You know, some of them talk kind of funny, some of them walk kind of funny, but it's just a certain thing you, you don't really know." So that was kind of a uh, interesting little <laughs> interesting little piece of history happening right right there. I don't know if they'll address that in the movie, but uh, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, definitely a unique exchange between a, a president who who obviously knew that you know uh, he had this other life, and and the guy who was you know hiding his other life, but at the same time serving the president. Uh, right, right, and um, you know who knows what the what the um, you know power play. Or one-upsmanship. Uh, either one of them were were doing uh, <laughs> in their conversations with each other. Cause yeah, kind of a that's the kind of a thing that they did. Now, while we're on the subject, and right before I let you go, um, I have a, a piece of trivia question for you here. Uh, who was the last president to sport facial hair? Uh, the last president, Oli, thank you, uh, to sport facial hair was uh, William Howard Taft. Um, okay. Okay. You know a, what? That is exactly right. I don't know how you knew that, but let's <laughs> let's let's hear about it. Uh, well, you know, he uh, he had a had a mustache. Of course, before the him was Theodore Roosevelt. Also had a mustache. Before uh, Theodore Roosevelt was McKinley. He was kind of clean shaven. But before him, uh, you know, the presidents uh, had either some type of facial hair, a mustache, a beard, uh, you know, some something going going back as uh, such was the style then. But uh, Taft was the last president because after Taft was Woodrow Wilson, who was clean shaven, and then uh, Harding and Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, and, and then you know right up through today, they're all 
all clean shaven. So, and, and um, when was when was when did Taft serve? Taft was presidency. Um, he was uh, elected in uh, oh, uh, in um, 1908. So he served 1909 to 1913. 1913 is the last time we saw presidential facial hair. John, what's wrong with this country? Well, uh, let me tell you, it's. Um, it's a, it's a lot of things, but it starts with the facial hair right I think, now. I think you're right. I think it's, we need to change that. I, I mean, think, I, I'm going to – there's a lot of candidates out there now, certainly our president now. I'm going to write them all letters saying, you know, if, if you come with a little scruff, we know you're hard at work and you're not thinking about shaving. you got to get, right. get right at it. That's right. I think that's a great point. I think it's and, a great point. Uh, and, then, uh, and then they'll all do it, and then one of them will shave and say, I'm coming clean with America, and, you know, that's, that's the kind of – a soundbite era we're in right now, Willie. I I like it. You know, you you really, that's a a real talent you have there, John. Thank you. To add to your long list of talents. (laughs) Thank you very much. Excellent. John, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for uh, seeing this pipe spotting. I'm going to be putting out this uh, pipe spotting podcast all about where do you see pipes. And, And one of the cool ones that I found recently, I'll tell you about real quick, was at Disney World. I'm on an attraction. I'm on a ride with the kids mm-hmm. and, uh, going through Splash Mountain, and, and I see uh, a shadow on the wall of a uh, frog. Uh, and this is at Splash Mountain, so the whole thing is Br'er Rabbit. And, right. and uh, the frog is in a rocking chair smoking a pipe. Oh, really? But it's, it's just his shadow. You don't actually see him smoking a pipe, so maybe that's how they got around it or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, frog smoking a pipe. Right there in Splash Mountain, I was, you know, I was pretty tickled. So, you know, uh, you, you mentioned that I have in my mind, you know, uh, that oh, at some point someone said, well, we got to remove the the frog and the pipe because that endorses, you know, smoking or something like that. You know, that's not really. I don't consider when I think of smoking. I obviously, you know, smoking a pipe, obviously, but I, I don't think that's going to necessarily trigger quote unquote impressionable kids. To, uh, to pick up tobacco because there's it's not like you know just grabbing a cigarette or a cigar you know just just lighting it I mean there's a certain amount of uh, finesse and artwork if you will into bowl and and then the light it's not really something you uh, um, yeah. <laughs> can pick up it's, without thinking about you know well, you know what what you're doing in, yeah, in my absolutely view. absolutely it take it takes time and it and it you know there's a learning curve so uh, honestly, if there's if there's any little kids out there that can that can actually uh, smoke a pipe and 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 stay with it, God bless them. You know? Right. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. No, so. no. <laughs> and and but you know that's that's just uh, that's just my <laughs> that's just my opinion. It doesn't trigger with me as something that's oh it's, this is going to be harmful to kids. No. No. Exactly. You know, um, Walt Disney World used to actually sell pipes and pipe tobacco right there. In the park, and they would have pipe makers employed by Disney World who made pipes, uh, really? and you you could actually see them being made. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and and there's some they're very collectible. There's some that are still floating around out there. So very cool. Are stuff. they um, branded, you know, Walt Disney World yep. or produced? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, very cool stuff. And and even you know, Walt Disney World had its own little tobacco and stuff. So. Oh wow. Nice. When did they? Uh... When did they stop that operation? You know, I don't know, but I'm sure that one of our listeners would know. So anybody, um, I, I know some of you guys have Walt Disney World pipe collections and know a lot more about this stuff than I do. So 
uh, give me a call or shoot me an email and let me know all about it. And I'd love to do a podcast just on Walt Disney World pipes and pipe tobacco and, and whatnot. That'd be fun. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I got for today, John. Well, thank you, Ollie. Thank you for having me on. And um, I'd like to uh, come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would tell you what, once you see uh, Jay Edgar, uh, let me go. know and, and we'll do a little review of it. And if you see any other pipe spottings out there, let Got me it. know and, and we will have you on as a future guest again. I love it. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you, John. Take care and have a good day. You too. And that was my good friend, John Babcock, who happens to be an analytical research rep for a bank as well as a comedy writer and sketch and stand-up comedian, not to mention U.S. presidential history buff. It's always nice to talk to John. We will have to check back in with him very soon. Here's another pipe spotting. My wife sent me a photo, which I will post online. You should be able to see it now. Sent to her from her father of a relation of hers. Here's the info. John Barnes is the bearded guy shown and is my wife's great-great-grandfather. He was in the Confederate Army during the U.S. Civil War. He was a private in the Dahlonega Blue Ridge Rangers as of January 24, 1863. He was wounded June 2, 1863 and was killed in Jonesboro on July 3, 1864 at the age of 40. His wife pictured on the site is Nancy Cavender Barnes. She is the pipe smoking lady shown and is the and is my wife's great great grandmother. Now once Mrs. Nancy Cavender Barnes received word of her husband's death and since there was no one to bring the body home, she hitched up a steer cart and started for Jonesboro. On the way, she met a neighbor, bringing the body back to Lumpkin County. Mrs. Barnes took the body from her neighbor and completed the trip back home, dug a grave in the family cemetery in Hall County, preached the funeral, buried her husband, and proceeded to raise five children of her own and five belonging to her son. She died in 1912 at the home place in Big Hickory District at age 89. Much of this information comes from Kane's History of Lumpkin County, which is in Georgia, U.S. This is not very far from where I currently live in Georgia. I would love to hunt down the original tinted image, which may be only a few hours away from my house right now, which is kind of intriguing. In case you missed it, let me summarize a glimpse into this tough woman's life one more time. She's raising ten kids, five of her own, five of her sons. Her husband goes to war. She's a single mother, basically, in 1863 with ten kids to feed and take care of. That's, that's tough enough, without even going any further. But when her husband dies... In the Civil War, does she stay at home? No. 
She's got to get her husband's body back to the homestead and do the proper thing. She hitches up a steer cart. Okay, let's pause right there. She hitches up a steer cart. Now, I don't know what all is entailed with hitching up a steer cart, but I'm willing to bet it's not something easily managed. While the article doesn't say what she did with all ten kids, you know, she put them in that wagon and headed off to Jonesboro to collect her husband's dead body. Now, that's rough living, folks. Okay, maybe she left the kids with neighbors or something, but no matter the case, the woman takes care of business. She starts out for Jonesboro, and on the way there... She meets a neighbor who is already en route with her husband's dead body. She takes it from the neighbor. She turns around and she finishes the trip. And get this. She digs the man's grave. Now, I don't know where in the world you live. But if you've ever spent any time in the South, U.S. that is, where the clay is red you'll understand what a ridiculous feat this must have been. Digging a hole big enough to call a grave in this area of the world is something like running a marathon. It's not something you just walk outside and do. I've dug fence post holes. I've dug measly little holes for plants. And one Saturday, I even helped a plumber dig up my septic tank, which was not just deep, but suspiciously deep in my backyard, and there is nothing but red clay in my backyard. As everyone in this area knows, red clay was formed during the fall of Lucifer as a reminder of what a horrible scoundrel he was. It's thick, it's hard, it's heavy, and it's everywhere around here. I wish he could have fallen a little further north. Alas, that's what we have to deal with, we Southerners. Did Mrs. Nancy Cavender Barnes care that she was digging red clay? No. Hell no, she didn't care. Just like a honey badger. She does not care. She's going to do what she's going to do. She was a strong woman of a certain character, and a little bit of dirt was not going to stand between her and the right thing to do for her husband and family. No, sir. Like the old song says, 98%? No, sir. 99%? No, sir. That's Fats Waller, for those of you following along. Apologies. Okay, so she dug the man's grave. Literally, not figuratively, as happens on occasion in modern times. So I hear. Then she preaches his funeral. She preaches the man's funeral. I, I, I can't sing the praises of this pipe-smoking woman enough. You know, how amazing is that? That's the kind of stuff that good old American women are made of, and that is tough stuff, my friends. Now, when they took her photo back then, it was a big deal. It took a lot of time. It's, it's not something you had done at the drop of a hat like we do nowadays. It wasn't cheap. 
Can you imagine the scene? Now, I have no reason for thinking that the photographer would have had any kind of problem with her posing with her pipe, but can you imagine if he did? She wouldn't have it. You know she wouldn't. Take, take the picture. This is me. This is my pipe. Period. End of story. She made a choice. You know, she may have had a few pictures taken of her in her entire life. And, and this one photo, she was going to have her picture made with her pipe. I, I think that's awesome. Gotta love it. Here's to you, my dear wife's great-great-grandmother, Mrs. Nancy Cavender Barnes. You awesome American Southern woman. Last but not least comes from one of our listeners. A few things from, from a few of our listeners, actually. Um, now, remember, you can chime in by calling and leaving a message at 678-534-8306 or shoot me an email over at Oli1 at Mac.com. That's O-L-I-E, the number one, at MacMAC.com. Um, here's a few replies to my request to know more about your personal pipe stories. This is an open-ended question. So please feel free to send me your story of how you first got into pipes at any time. This one comes from Mr. William C. Rewalt. Um, I hope I'm not butchering that last name too bad, sir. Who also happens to be a proud owner of a monstrosity pipe or two. He says, I had a favorite uncle who has now passed on. He educated me on so many topics. He smoked a pipe while he spent long talks with me. I guess I started smoking a pipe to bring some of his memories back in that way. Since then, I have grown to find so many great blends and have collected a good share of pipes I so enjoy. Each day, I look forward to pondering life while smoking a great blend and a joyful pipe. Thank you, Mr. William C. Rewalt. That was a very, very nice, nice story. Did you guys and gals hear that? That's nostalgia. Fond memories of someone who did right by their nephew. How great is that? How nice to be remembered as a favorite uncle who spent time educating and helping out his nephew, who in turn now remembers him through his connection with the old tried and true pipe. Whose life are you changing for the better? A little bit of time and effort to reach out and help someone in your family or a neighbor or somebody that you know needs a little bit of help. What goes around comes around. I've seen it so many times over and over and over. And I love how he says, I look forward to pondering life while smoking a great blend in a joyful pipe. A joyful pipe. How cool is that? Hats off to you, Mr. Rewalt, for sharing your story with us. Here's another from listener Roger Veach. Again, I hope I didn't butcher your last name too bad. That's V-E-I-T-C-H. I smoked cigarettes for 27 years. I told myself that I would quit when either they hit $2 a pack or when I turned 40. Well, both happened about the same time. I quit. My wife also quit at the same time. After about six months, she started to smoke again. I wanted to start back, but I decided to try a pipe instead since I knew that my wife would not allow cigar smoking in the house. I started with a few Dr. Grabo's and some aromatic tobaccos. I was hooked on the relaxation that pipe smoking provided. That was over 17 years ago. 
I must say that I have moved on to better quality pipes and English blends. I attend pipe shows, and I read as much as I can about the hobby. Mr. Veach, many thanks for your contribution, and what a great story that is. He kicked the cigs for the artful and majestic pipe, and since then has delved deeper into the hobby by going to shows and expanded his tastes for both pipes and tobaccos. Great to hear from you, sir. I'm curious to know if your wife ever tried smoking pipes to kick the cigarette habit as well. If you haven't already, and you probably have, but if you haven't, you may want to let her know about the growing and thriving community of women pipe smokers out there. A pipe makes a nice Christmas gift this time of year, too. Here we are in November of 2011. I don't know when you're listening to this. It may be many years from now. But uh, it's always a nice time to give somebody the gift of a pipe. Anyone else listening, kicking, or have kicked the cigarette habit and moved to a pipe, drop me a line, send me an email, give me a call, 678-534-8306, and while you're at it, I want to hear something you want discussed. Let me know what that is, and we'll chat about it. And that, my friends, was episode number 33, Pipe Spotting. This podcast was brought to you by pipesandcigars.com. If you've bought from them before, you know how good the service is, how good the selection is. If you haven't, be prepared to love it. Go to pipesandcigars.com. Let me know what you picked up. Tell me all about it. I can't wait to hear what blend you decided to try or what new pipe you got. And hey, send me a picture too. I'd like to put that picture up. And I really appreciate you spending this time with me. This is Oli from Opal.com. Wishing you very good luck trying to decide which pipe from pipesandcigars.com will be next in your collection.